everyone, and welcome to the Human Design Podcast with me, your host, Emma Dunwoody. I'm a qualified master coach and human behavior specialist, as well as being a qualified human design coach. And I work with clients every single day to answer the big questions. Who am I? Why am I here? And what is my purpose? I also assist them to transition from the person they think they should be to the person they really are on the inside. I teach people how to actually live their design instead of just knowing it. And if this is something that you want to do too, well, stay tuned or reach out for private coaching or human design unpacks where I show you exactly how to live your design. Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. On this episode, we have someone who I've literally been Instagram stalking forever. Of course, she doesn't know that because it would sound weird to say that to someone Um, and finally had an energy session with her the other week and it was amazing. It was really powerful and um, good old line three over here. It was the the results, the the conversations or what what she shared afterwards and I was like, wow, that was really powerful. And I completely like watch over and over and over her YouTube channel. So Sarah Eckoldley, is that how I say your name? Close enough, Al Coldy. Al Coldy, cool. The Alchemist, again, my favourite book on the planet is The Alchemist, so I think I was sucked in by that as well. Welcome to the Human Design Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Yeah, me too. I um, uh, am at this point in time, for my listeners, they'll know what I'm talking about, but you may not know what I'm talking about, but We've just done a lap of Australia. I think I might have shared that with you in our caravan um, and we've just moved into our new house. And yesterday I reinstated a thing that is called the Focus Life Force, Life Force, anyway, the FLFE. Um, And basically what this does is it changes the um, energetic consciousness of a building, of a place or whatever. And to the point where my teenage son came in yesterday after school and he said we call it fluffy you've turned fluffy on haven't you mum I can feel it and I'm like "Mm mm-hmm and my elderly mother who is staying with us at the moment as she transitions into her new home um, who's been very depressed very low very challenged by change wakes up in the middle of the night all of a sudden driven by purpose and she says to me this morning I've not felt so on purpose for years Emma what did you do and I'm like it's the FLFE. But the thing that I specifically want to talk to you about is um, to help me make sense of it is today I am so tired. And from a human design point of view, I'm a manifesting generator. I have a lot of energy. I sleep a lot. Um, I exercise a lot. I do all the right things. But I know that I'm really tired because our whole house, our whole energy is has raised. So we usually sit at around, on average, most people sit around the 200 to 300 um, on the emotional scale, let's say, and this takes it to about 560 or 590. So it's a, yeah, it's a big jump. And I know that I'm tired because of the energy, because the energy is, it's raised its resonance. Um, And I'm just super curious, like, can you explain to me, like, why am I tired? Is my energy having to adjust? And I know that this isn't your area of expertise, but it kind of is. So I thought I would ask you, given that that's what's going on for me today. So you, your device yeah i know it's kind of, and because they can't really tell you exactly what the technology is but in to be really clear it's kind of like because the quantum is non-local it's almost like they're just beaming it to us so it's just like put on the house 
Yeah, I had my house doused by a man in Denmark who I paid and he just remotely did it. And then he emailed me back like a few days later and was like, okay, it's cleared. <laughs> like, okay. I love it. Um, so totally under, yeah, all that remote stuff definitely works. Uh, so what happened was it set the bar, your, your air, your house is still even adjusting. Yes. Yeah. So it set everything higher of a bar and now your energy field is in training into that. Mm. So literally it's what we call allostasis. Your, your energy field is recalibrating and finding allostasis. That's how flexible us, uh, us or a system can be, which is wow. resilient. I freaking love that. I love you even know the word for it, allostasis. I'm going to use that. That's so cool. So that really leads me into what I'm so curious about. The reason why I have been so drawn to you, um, both on Instagram as The Alchemist or your YouTube channel, is because of your ability to explain what we can't see. You know, all my work is about energy, but your ability to actually bring it into, oh, and I've got to tell you all listeners, sorry, um, Sarah is a splenic projector one three. So the ability to explain is all coming in this one, right? Yet you have all these amazing gifts from the spleen. Um, but I want to really talk about what is happening on an energetic level when we manifest or when we raise our consciousness, like we're doing all of this work and, you know, we're becoming conscious of what's unconscious or our shadow or our conditioning. And we're doing all the doing in the material world, whatever that might be, but what's actually happening on an energetic level? Like how's the, the energy? Yeah. I think that's how's it, what's working, what's happening on an energetic level as we're doing this, doing with our being. So what's happening on an energetic level when we're manifesting? Yes. What's happening on an energetic level is actually, there is um, the auric field is calling forth experiences because the auric field has, if you will, uh, I call it a karmic profile, but it has its own Akashic, if you will, for lack of a better term. And when it's not, so imagine almost the best way I could describe it is like there's gaps in the auric field. Those gaps are calling forward through their magnetization experiences that eventually will fill that gap. Because what the auric field is striving towards is unity. Ultimately, it wants the unity. Um, what will the auric field, um, in terms of what that will look like, it will look like not white light in like a bleak sense, but it will look like um, uh, integrated light. White light sometimes, not all the times, actually is a fractured light. So I'm going into the different types of lights because I just want to, oh, maybe because of my one, three, but yeah. because I, I want to really explain that when I say it's, it's striving for the auric field of light, it's because that light that it will emanate is one of completeness. So we're always, whether we know it or not, striving for unity within the self. Yeah, wow. Even if it looks very distorted. And that's what our manifestations reflect. They reflect something where our auric field is calling forward something because it knows that that will be something that fills its lesson profile. Yeah, oh my God, I love that. And it makes so much sense because it's that 
you know, these things that we call towards us, sometimes we don't like them. We don't want, we think we don't want them, but in fact, that's part of the healing process. So when we're in resistance, let's say we're calling forward an experience that is going to try, that that is intended for us to heal a childhood wound, let's say, and we're resisting that, what's going on there? Like, how do we know if we're, oh, this is a better question. How do we know that we're resisting a lesson that our aura is calling forward so that we can create something, grow, heal, or it's our, it's part of a saying, no, that's not for me. That's, in fact, I need to be going in a different direction. How do we tell the difference between that, that what, what is aligned for us and what isn't aligned for us? That's a great question. And that is a part of the lesson because that's what's supposed to happen. A lot of the times we take on a very passive approach to the spiritual concept of manifesting or why it was called forth. And really, I was going to answer your question before you modified it as because it wants a modification. It wants a change. And then you said the extra part, and I see them as no different because it wants you to go, no, that's not for me. It wants you to do that. It doesn't want you to passively fall back on the inertia of a situation and go, I'm helpless here. It wants you to give you what's called a disconfirming experience. That's what it's called in trauma. Yeah. Um, trauma informed talk. It's a disconfirming experience is one that overwrites, let's say the coding of the emotional body. So if we had experienced something, as you said earlier in life, and that then we experience something later that goes, no, 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 no. I'm not going back there. The, the, your higher self, your auric field is on your side. It wants to provide you that experience so that then you can have the disconfirming experience of now choosing differently. Not saying that as a, in earlier in life, it was a choice in the first place, more so to act in a way that was not acted on before to get essentially um, fulfillment in that situation. And, and that's also, so they're one in the same because you become a different person. You shift through the changes you go through. So if you become a person now who's like, I'm going to screen what, what's allowed into my reality, the universe isn't telling you not to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. And I think that that is so often our case. Like, I mean, I've been on a massive healing journey. I've also just um, realized that I wanted to ask you all about your backstory too. And I've just jumped straight in. Um, But a lot of my backstory was depression, panic disorder, like all of these things that actually, in fact, as long as I resisted them, like you were saying, and, and tried not to go into them, the worse they got. And in the moment that I lent into it, they became this catalyst of the being I am today, how I serve in the world. So I really resonate with what you're saying and I can, um, you know, put it into the practical how I've experienced it. But what I would love to talk about because I jumped ahead and um, would like to go back because I want to talk about your gifts because I've worked with lots of energy healers and, you know, remote energy healers, but so often it's like their magic just works. It's like they just, it just works. But I would love to know about you because you have the ability to actually explain so much about the energy, um, the different realms. Like I would love to even, if we have time for it, 
really understand like people talk about the the third dimension and the the fifth dimension but i would you, you like you get it at a really deep level so i would love like that simplified like how do we know what these levels are and before we get to that can you talk a little bit of how you became so educated and experienced on all of these energetic consciousness everything trauma <laughs> like us all <laughs> I had always, um, well, I always came in with, I guess you could say, uh, I was a wise or an old soul. So it was more like catching up to that, how it expressed itself with no context earlier in life was as existentialism, nihilism, existential dread, things of that nature. And then later on, it had finally a proper context for it with spirituality and with just a lot of the awakening process. And so from there, um, what I had, well, I think first I should mention I'm claircognizant. Mm -hmm. So the claircognancy is something that helps definitely as an energy healer when I'm receiving information specifically and everyone's different. Um, when they're in session, you know, they might have stronger voyance. They might have stronger sentience for me, a lot of the time. And this is also why I am so good at being able to relate the higher dimensions to the third dimension is because I'm being given a concept. And then it becomes this game of charades almost where I'm just describing what I'm given. And when I just don't think about it. It comes out great. If I sit there and go, why was I, what, why did that pop into my head? That's so weird. I'm just going to not do that and go think harder. That's, that's you're, you're blocking the flow. I'm I'm like, okay, this is something somebody needed to hear. And in this way. And so, and that's what actually, when I'm writing the script for my YouTube videos, I'm already tapped into the feedback loop of my audience. So that's why I get so much, um, so much recognition for explaining things so well from my audience. It's because I'm literally already tuning into how they will best understand this. Yeah. I love that. And for the human design junkies out there, Sarah has an undefined head and a defined Ajna. So again, this makes a lot of sense because in human design speak, like you're wide open for source to bring in or to access anyone else's um, questioning, inspiration, creation, that sort of energy. But then you have this consistent and reliable process through the mind that can structure it all. And then because you have a channel from the Ajna to the throat, um, you have this ability to turn it into something that's detailed and easily received by others so that makes so much sense with your chart as well I think that's really beautiful I love that I totally as soon as I found out I was a projector like over a decade ago I was like you know what that makes so much sense because I'm resentful as heck. <laughs> like I'm so big I'm so you know like once I understood the strategy I'm like okay I get it because it's not like it's not like it came into my life and then I started reflecting it. It was it just made sense and it actually made me less bitter knowing that there was a strategy and a context all along that I just didn't know about. Yeah. Because then that that explained a lot of things like why whenever I was the one that tried to bring something together and people didn't respond to that 
And that I was always the one that if I was invited somewhere would go, but that if I did the coordination, the planning myself, it always fell apart. It could be something small or big. It never mattered. So when I got that context, I went, okay, like I have some inner peace now. Yeah. 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 And I love that. And, you know, one of the biggest things about projectors is like the container of your purpose is to be a guide. And I feel like that is, um, I mean, there's so much more that goes into that container, but that, that big container is to be a guide. And like, I'm married to a projector and when you as a, as another type, I mean, I'm a manifesting generator as another type, when you have um, projectors in your life that are able to see themselves and value themselves and um, they don't need to prove themselves. They can just be like, this is my thing. This is my jam. I just love it. I'm just going to go down the rabbit hole. Come if you want. Um, then all of a sudden that the wisdom that comes out of these humans is so beautiful. And it's so that the wisdom is what replaces the bitterness. And I think that in itself is just such a gift. It's so beautiful. Um, so thank you. Um, so tell me. Thank you for recognizing me. <laughs> oh my goodness. And can I actually tell you a funny story? So my husband, projector, so if I've got certain projectors in my life, oh, let's be honest, all the projectors in my life, if they recommend something to me, like in the past, I'd be like, dude, what do you know? But now I'm like, yep, okay, uh-huh, 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 I'm listening. Um, and he says, Oh my god, I found this person on Instagram, the alchemist. Do you know her? And I'm like, no, I don't know it. Tell me all about it. And he, so he sends me your profile and I start watching some videos and he, and he says, now I've got to be honest, um, I think she's a, she scares me a little. She knows a lot. She's very wise, but she's perfect for you. You're going to love her. So I just thought it was hilarious because he's like, and he has this, um, like his most prominent energy in his chart is this gate called gate 61. I'm going to quickly check if you have it. No, you don't have it. And it's the gate of why. It's the big universal why. So this is a human that's already like he wants to be out in the universe. So he's so drawn to you, but like his fear or his ego is a bit like, ooh, I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. But, yeah, so thanks to my projector husband, I discovered your incredible wisdom. You know, I try to, um, I don't know if this is visible or not, but what I do is I try to hit all of the notes, if you will. Yeah. Now my home is over here at let's say G, but I try to hit all the notes so that it's like come along. Oh, I lost someone on F. Oh well, leave them. Come, come to yeah, G. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's so good. And that, but honestly, I feel like that is the power of what you do because I know for me, I uh, one of my gifts as well is taking the complicated and making it simple. And to find other people that do that in a way that's not fluffy, that's not, especially around energy or even human design, it can be really quite challenging. Um, or people just make open-ended statements about spirituality or the dimensions or how the quantum works. Um, they make complicated comments or they make fluffy comments, but there's this part of me that's like, no, but I want, I want the details, but not the fluff. Like what's the important pieces? And I feel like, as you say, like you hitting the notes, that's exactly what you're doing. You're like filling in the blanks that so many other people don't fill in when it's talking, when we're talking about how the quantum works. So thank you, my projector friend. <laughs> you're very welcome. Love it. So let's talk about the dimensions, because I think this is something that, I mean, I know for me, especially with human design, I kind of throw around, um, you know, because I've got a line three, I've got a defined will center. There's a lot about me that um, moves between the spiritual because I'm, I'm a Piscean um, 
I didn't realize it until last year that I literally see dead people. I feel things, see things, know things, all this stuff. I just thought I had a wild imagination and Alice in Wonderland is my hero. And I just (laughs) honestly thought that was it until I went and studied, did intuition and was like, oh, shit, like I can cold read people and um, all that stuff isn't just in my imagination. So, and I heard you talk about this um, on another podcast about how you had a similar experience of how you all of a sudden became aware of your gifts quite quickly because you just assumed that that was just normal, what you were experiencing in your own intuition. Would you talk a little bit to that? Because I think everybody out there or so many people out there um, are in this situation where they think that they're not intuitive or um, they don't have any of the spiritual gifts or they're not connected, but really they are. It's just that it's so innate. It's so innate. And the major issue around why it's become this almost like um, holy grail that we are not equal to is because, quite frankly, we were all enormously gaslit. Humanity gaslights um, like no other. It, it's just it's something that now as many people are becoming more conscious. We're now being able to become aware of it. And so when I say we have all been gaslit and are gaslighting, I mean that in a very innocent way, because I understand that that term is um, usually used on the more severe end of a spectrum, and it's used mainly in relation with uh, narcissists. But what I mean by gaslighting is something super innocent. I'll give you a very like innocent example. Let's say I'm sensing you and I'm attuned to you and I can tell that you're sad. And let's say I go, oh, are you sad? And because of all of the complications in the world, we can't be ourselves. So for one reason or another, let's say you were to tell me, no, I'm not. Now I have questioned my abilities, my fundamental sensations, my ability to read reality. Do you understand how like something so innocent and simple over time, amplified, enhanced incrementally makes us so in doubt and a state of, I don't know if this is valid or not. How do I, oh, that person must have gifts and I don't. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And it's like you say, like, I think one of the um, the big things is that we are just comparing ourselves way too much to everybody else. And like one of the things that I'm always banging on about is my work is all about creating, you know, everyone becoming their own guru because what's happening is we look at these people and, you know, for my generation anyway, you know, there'll be people on TV that can see dead people or that they can, they're mediums or they have this amazing psychic gift and, they sort of amplify it, the the media does or whatever for entertainment. And I think that's a large part of what's happened is that we think that these feelings inside of us, these, these frequencies are nothing because if they, and I know for me, I was like, wouldn't it be more obvious? Like, wouldn't I know if I had these (laughs) gifts? And it literally wasn't until this woman who's a friend of mine now, who was the intuitive I was training with, she literally just gave me a person's name and I could tell you everything about this person. Even I saw her face and she was like, well, how else would you do that? And I'm like, I don't know, lucky guess. As if, like so conditioned to think, no, there's probably a better answer than actually that's an intuitive gift. So 
how did you learn to trust yours? Because I, I feel like you've got such a good connection with those, with your gifts and being able to use them out in the world. Like how did you build the muscle? How did you start to really trust yourself? So I've, I've certified in many modalities and um, it's funny because that story you just said reminded me of one time where I was, I was in a course to, to get certified for some type of like mind method thing. And so they had us at one point team up with other people and I ended up teaming up with a remote viewer. So we just were chatting the whole time. I was fascinated by her story. She was sitting there smoking, going, I've seen a lot. I'm like, well, I want to know. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and so we had to do this practice where um, we had to guess the person's something about the person that the envelope was about. And we, nobody could see what's in the envelope. We put things in the envelope, we traded. And I was like, um, it's a man, his name's Richard, blah, 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 blah. And then, and then she's like, whoa. <laughs> and I'm like, was that right? And then I went straight back into my doubtful persona. Yeah. So, so funny because you just get confirmation over confirmation. And then the monkey mind comes in and says, none of this is real. <laughs> yeah. And it's so true. And even when, you know, like I do this all the time and to the point where as a coach, so I trained as a coach first, people will be like, how the fuck do you know that? Like, how do you know that? Are you reading my mind? And I'm like, I'm just really good at running the models. I'm just really good at running the models. So I would be having all of this evidence and like, I don't know, it just happens, you know, and in the background, I'm like, shit, I really don't know. It just happens. Um, Until one day I was like, okay, I'm telling everyone it just happens. It just comes through. And started to realize that that is intuition or that they are my gifts. Um, But I love that. I love that. I actually had um, Alison Charles say to me once when I was explaining how when I first started meditating, I was afraid of closing my eyes because I was afraid of what I would see inside of me. And she said, wow, how can someone so connected? I can't even imagine you being there. And I was like, what do you mean? I feel like that was just me yesterday. Like, oh, yeah, it was a while ago. But so we have these perceptions of ourselves, especially on a spiritual um, and intuitive level that, I don't know, like we're not, it's not real. It's not true. Do you think that we feel this way maybe because we can't see it? I know that's a big thing for me um, and the amount of times I get told by people, for God's sake, Emma, stop trying to chase seeing a goddamn angel in the room, like that evidence. It's so my ego just wants this evidence. But do you think that maybe we we don't try? In fact, why do you think we don't trust our intuition when it's it's literally playing out with us all the time? We've never been given confirmation to, and we've never been taught how to, we've actually been trained every way you can think of to not trust our intuition. And so that becomes our new intuition. (laughs) It's to go, what was I going to do? Let's do the opposite. (laughs) Oh my God. That's so true. (laughs) Was I, was, was I in my knowing? Okay. Let's go out of it. (laughs) It's so freaking true. Like, have you ever noticed how, like, once somebody is, it could either be brutally honest or like enormously vulnerable, that kind of laying down the armor of something or that type of like, ooh, this has the potential for being embarrassing. That's how vulnerable and open I was or they were. That tends to have an effect. I say tends to because not all the time, but that tends to have 
that mirrored. And so then another person that's receiving that has the opportunity, should they choose to recognize it as such, to go, oh, I can match that. So what we're just seeing is a lot of mirroring. We're seeing a lot of matching. So how this essentially works is it's a game of limbo. The lower you go, you're teaching others how to mirror. You're teaching others how to match into a whole new paradigm. Yeah, I love that. Far out. And I love that because it instantly makes me think of a thing that my kinesiologist said to me years ago. She just said to me, but what if your imagination was true, Emma? What if it all was true? Couldn't you just operate from that place? And I think like what you're saying, like if we all had that, well, let's just assume that our intuition is true, how much we then in turn, like you say, we're serving the greater good because we're we're helping everyone to trust their their intuition and and raise consciousness. Um, Let's talk about the dimensions because I keep getting distracted. I am a person who throws it around a lot. As I said, especially with my chart, I have this paradox between being very wanting to be in the material plane um, to the point like when I was a kid, again, I used to see, I saw my papa after he died. I had would talk to what I now realise was my angel team all the time. No one else, like I was really shy, but I spoke to them like I never shut up. Um, but there's this other part of me that's so about being in the material plane you know, like wanting to see things, wanting proof, wanting evidence. Um, and I'm really curious about like, like, does that say something about my consciousness or is it that this soul wants to come in and experience different levels or is this for all of us? Like tell us a little bit about the different di- dimensions and do we evolve through them um, or do we go back and forward from them and how can we experience more of the higher dimensions? Yeah, so there's a there's a learning curve for teachability. And the ripe sweet spot for teachability is not being too accepting. That's that tends towards what's known as gullible on one side of the spectrum or naive. And then on the other, it's skeptical. And you'd be surprised how much things are passing as skeptical that aren't really skeptical at all. It's not, it's not actually the true term of skeptical. It's literally just, I won't believe no matter what. (laughs) So there's this sweet spot in the middle where somebody wants to have affirmation, confirmation of something before they just jump into the deep end. And so that's not irrational and neither does that say anything about a person's alignment with spirit, that's actually a very wise and discerning place to be. And that shows that there's teachability there that shows that there's ripeness in the consciousness and that they can handle, they, they have, they have the adultness to be able to handle knowledge or learning. And so that's actually a really positive thing. And the, the tangible leads to the intuitive or to the non-tangible. It really does. And so what we see when we think that it doesn't is we're just seeing a projection in the world of literally what is being called skepticism, but it's not really skepticism. We're just seeing that kind of take over what skepticism is. Because skepticism would be, as I said, in the middle, the teachable, where it's like, I'm not going to jump in, but show me and I'm open. And so that's, that's a very wise place to be. And 
when we're talking about dimensions, especially it's like, some people are just gonna, to be honest, they're just gonna know about dimensions. And I don't want to paint them as gullible because they came in, you know, with a lot of veils lifted already from their consciousness. But in general, the dimensions to kind of make that transition from, from the middle point of skeptical and then on to the more spiritual, I, I believe it, I don't need to see it end of the spectrum would just be that like to first start by saying that what kind of, what kind of ego consciousness thinks that this is all there is. (laughs) Exactly. This is, if I don't see it, it's not there. Like, like that's crazy to me. I think that's crazy to believe that this is all there is. And nope, there's nothing else. I am the, I am at the peak of consciousness. I am at the peak of creation. I am at the peak of everything. Like that's some ego right there. <laughs> yeah. 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 And like total fear, right? Like it's total shutdown. Like you, that word that I love is like open that it, no, it's so closed. Yeah. And so the fourth dimension. So the third dimension is what I would consider just straight up separation consciousness. Mm-hmm. And that's even why a being would opt into this experience in the first place. They're not going to opt in here to be like, I want to know what unity is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you like opt into this experience to get maximum expansion. That means maximum fragmentation. Am I making sense? Yeah. And well, I think like with maximum fragmentation, does that mean like instantly when you said that, what came in for me was like, well, the lessons, you know, like the things that we come into experience. And like you said, if we wanted to just feel sweet and connected and whole, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't come to planet Earth. We, we've come here to, because souls, in my understanding, there isn't any right or wrong, good or bad. It's just experience. It's just the human ego that makes it, oh, this is a bad experience or this is a good experience. So that makes perfect perfect sense to me, if what I said makes sense. No, it makes absolute sense. So we have maximum fragmentation here where we are our own individual. And, and that's fine. That doesn't just end here. You know, we we are an individual even after this dimension. But we have maximum experience of ego consciousness or um, separation consciousness. And so that's what the third dimension is um, experiencing right now. That's the way it's manifesting right now. And that's how we're able to say, oh, look, that's a clock and this is a chair and this is a whatever. Like there's in the higher dimensions, there they operate differently, but there's not such a defined matter. It's not so condensed. It can't be it, it, only here. Can we get that type of, um, condensed, you know, um, low vibe, <laughs> the low vibratoriness in order for there to be differentiation to this degree that we're in. Yeah. And so the fourth dimension is where our belief systems reside. That's, you know, anyone's belief systems. The fourth dimension is where all of the different belief systems have their domain. They all vibrate within the same frequency. And so a dimension, if we would like to be on the, you know, skeptical end of the spectrum, as I said, in the middle right there for ripeness and learning, 
a dimension is a bandwidth of frequency. Yeah. And no one can really argue that unless they want to pretend that radios and technology don't work. Yeah. So, you know, like how, how, how am I looking at you right now for, and, and I'm in LA and you're in Australia. Yeah. 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 How does phones work? They all, it's because of signals. It's because of the way that the frequencies that the, the, um, the vibratory rate is now being tuned in and harnessed and directed into a specific, you know, um, broadcasting signal. So there's a whole procedure into how we have technology to work. And that is not against dimensions that's working with that same knowing or knowledge. It just cuts off there once it cuts off, once you get past the, the physical end of the spectrum, so to speak. Yeah. Can I ask with the fourth dimension then, if we've got beliefs and that sort of things up there, like I often um, refer to like the collective consciousness. So is that where that lives? Because, you know, what we're learning now is where we're in this time where we're experiencing things like intergenerational trauma. Um, we're understanding collective consciousness. We're understanding that like the collective consciousness of a country or of a whatever, um, so is that the sort of, is, is that where this all lives? Because we, it doesn't all live in here, but we have access to it. And I suppose that's like, is that where the, in the fourth dimension, is that where we're drawing down from? This is like beliefs, consciousness, things that we didn't necessarily experience, but have been passed down to us. Is that where that's coming from? Yeah, because that's where the etheric template resides and the etheric template is essentially what we could call our karmic body. That's another way of saying it. So uh, as a matter of fact, my modality and my good friend and colleagues modality both address what I'm referring to as the etheric template. And so that holds our predisposition for illness. That holds everything that you would consider a karmic imprint or anything that we specifically designed to be our you know, quote unquote karma so that we can access those experiences. Yeah. Right. So all of that information, um, genetics, all of that stuff is stored within the etheric template and that's in the fourth dimension. So like Reiki, for instance, I have a lot of Reiki clients. I love them. Um, shamanism. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of any other ones, but those are the two biggest examples of modalities that are utilizing and in or pulling from the fourth dimension. They're working in the fourth dimension. I love that. Yeah. And is that, so is that, is that the Akashic records? Is that what we're talking about as well? Or is that something different? Yeah. The Akashic records is in the fourth dimension. Yeah. Wow. I love it. Can everyone access that? Can everyone just access? I mean, I know that I can access a lot of, um, things that I need through me, but can I set an intention and say, I want to know more about X, Y, Z. Like, can we access anything in there? Yeah. With, with training. I don't know if this is a part of my um, profile or not, but I'm going to say with discipline. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's there for for everyone. You know, it's there for anyone to tap into. Um, My modality deals mainly, well, that's what I love actually about this modality that I've put together. That's a mosaic of a lot of different modalities that I've learned. It touches on so many different, um, dimensions. 
So, you know, the higher self might need to go to the etheric template to help with the issue, but then it might need to do something on, you know, a different level and then this and that. So it really, um, all of the resources are used as this beautiful, um, the symphony to help one another. So, yeah, I love that. So tell me the fifth dimension. What's the fifth dimension? We talk a lot about it in the spiritual realm, but I would love to just hear your explanation. Simplify it for me, please. Absolutely. So the fifth dimension is where there's no more duality because even in the fourth dimension, the, the fourth dimension is a reflection of the third dimension or we're a reflection of the fourth dimension. So the fifth dimension is where we're not, we're not a reflection. Well, no, I will say that we are now, there's so many of us, you and I, and so many others that are harnessing and anchoring fifth dimensional consciousness. So I won't say that we're not reflecting that, but the fifth dimension isn't the one that is being reflected here. That is not of duality. So for instance, one of the biggest concepts to kind of wrap our brain around is that the, and I see this a lot in the spiritual community where they'll, they'll, they'll have 5d concepts and they'll be, and they'll have a 4d understanding of them. They'll have a fourth dimensional understanding. So they're doing their best they can to hold, maintain their fourth dimensional understanding as they explain things that clearly would be not <laughs> they're clearly accessing um, information that would be opposed to what they believe if, it, you know, the string, the line of logic, if they carried that logic and they followed that thread and that line of investigation, they would actually see that there's dissonance there because a lot of those concepts are coming from a state of like rooted in duality. And so then when we talk about 5D, there's there's a huge reconciliation that's happened in 5d consciousness because the fifth dimensional consciousness is what we know in, in our energy field as the heart chakra or the heart center is better what I call it. So the heart center is the bridge. The fifth dimension is the bridge. And so it's not even the peak experience. It's not like, whoa, but the reason why I'm on the bandwagon and everyone's on the same bandwagon about the fifth dimension is because you know, do we care about what's going on in another universe? No. So who cares about the 12th dimension when our next step in this movie is the fifth? (laughs) I love that. Yeah, totally. So even though I talk a lot about the fifth dimension, I am just doing that because I'm on the script. I understand the assignment. That's all. It's not because I'm like, oh, you guys, you, you would just you wait and see. It's the best of the best. <laughs> Love it. No, it's just, it's just where there's less pain than this experience. And that's what I would really like. I, w- I would like the world to become conscious of the fact that we are all one and not even in a kumbaya way, in a very much like, oh, wow, like my actions come back around to me. We all really are connected, even if it's just through that lens, just a way that will decrease pain here. That's why I'm on the bandwagon for the fifth dimension. It's just to decrease pain. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And it's so interesting because I've just been listening to another projector in my life. I asked her a question. She's been meditating for years, like she's like a diehard yogi. And I asked her the biggest openness question that she tried not to answer, but then I kept asking. And the question was, like, what do you experience 
when you're in meditation and you know she was just like everything Emma move on I'm like no but really what do you experience and what you're what I'm hearing is because she's then talking about well look the whole purpose is that we you know experience less struggle um we've experienced less pain but that we can also create um a meditation practice that you know like the Buddha teaches that we don't have to give up that peacefulness when we come out of meditation. Um, So that's what the practice is about. You know, this is why we do it. And it actually just reminds me of what you're saying about the fifth dimension as well. You know, like um, from from my background as a behavioural coach, it's what I would call like cleaning up your belief systems or cleaning up your, your thinking patterns or your old patterns or whatever that might be. But what I'm hearing is um, like we literally had this year last year where we've travelled around Australia and if you are watching the news anywhere in the world, Australia looked like a totally fucked up place that was shut down and locked up and awful from every aspect, whereas we had this year where we hardly even heard the word COVID until we got to like November. We crossed borders we went everywhere. I mean, look, the only thing we were pulled up for was because we were trying to take plants over the borders and you're not allowed to do that because anyway, you're not. Um, but it was never about COVID. It was never about the virus. It was never about vaccinations. Like it just didn't exist. And one of the things that I've been curious about, and I feel like you've actually answered my question, is that is it because I invest so much energy in where I put my focus? Is it because I invest so much energy in choosing um to heal the parts of me that I get triggered by others because it feels like we had this experience last year and my listeners know this like the last two years we've had great years and is that potentially because of the choices I've made to focus to heal to do those things and you know does that mean that I am like I do have a foot in that place where I'm playing like does that make sense It makes so much sense. And I just want to start by saying that I'm so glad to hear that because I was like for a year, I'm like, oh my God, poor Australia. We have to help them. They need our help. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Let's be serious. Like we needed our entire government kicked out. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't that bad. (laughs) I was like, I'm coming Australia. I'm giving you a hug. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty much because you became the alchemist. (laughs) You, you, I don't even know, like, if you did this intentionally, it didn't sound like that, but correct me if I'm wrong, you were utilizing (laughs) the time in the most productive and positive way as to where your timeline just so happened to what it sounds like have missed any other timeline that was detrimental to your evolution. It's just mind-blowing. And I love that you just brought up timelines because I want to ask you about them because that's what it felt like. It felt so weird. I launched my first product, um, the first high-end product, online product, the week of lockdown. And, like, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, oh, my God, are you mental? Um, But I was like, oh, fuck it. I'm just... I'm doing my human design um, experiment and my solar plexus says go. So we're going. Um, And we had, you know, in lockdown, the four of us, because we've got two kids, we're like, sweet. I I love you. I love you. You're a bit annoying sometimes, but we'll get along. (laughs) Um, 
so we had like we enjoyed it and then what's really interesting and I love what you just said is that we'd always planned to do this in Australia we call, call it a big lap so a big lap of Australia um, and it just turned out that 2021 was the year so we're just like oh good okay we're going um, and friends of ours who stayed in Balmain and probably share really similar beliefs to us had the most traumatic year whereas we've just been like nah we didn't experience any of that so can you tell me like a little bit about timelines because people use this this word timeline timeline jumping all this sort of stuff and I feel like I'm a complete like I know nothing other than I have watched videos but still I'm trying to get my head around it so are we tell us a little bit like what is a timeline and do I consciously choose to be on one or are they all happening at once um tell me a little bit about that The potential of them you're surrounded by. So now it becomes a philosophical semantics as to whether it's happening or not. So a part of my one three perhaps is to channel all of that into something that is a little bit more digestible. So how I relate it is by saying that it's you're surrounded by the potentials of those timelines. Now we could always just say, no, they're, they're happening at the same time. And then it's like, okay, that's fine. That's totally fine. Because then you could look at it kind of like it's a relay race. That one's already going. And then you make a shift to that. And then that one already takes off with the past. It, it already figured out the past. It already figured out the present and it sets you up for a certain future Go. So you could look at it that way that in this present moment, we're doing things to, and we are, we're doing things to affect our past while we can, and especially in energy healing work, or when a person's doing shadow work, you can absolutely shift timelines from the past. But if you were to not place any energy or momentum in that direction, just knowing that from the present, you're always at a choice point. So I guess to kind of talk about timelines, the first thing I should explain is what a choice point is. That's where there's something pivotal that will significantly impact a timeline. So, as I said, one could argue that we're always at one. But that specific term of a choice point happens when we're at a pivot. We're at a very pivotal time where we can make a huge shift. And so we have collective timelines happening. And we have personal timelines happening or individual, I should say, and they, they influence each other. They, they inform each other. And obviously the, the collective timeline has a lot more, um, has a bigger wave. Let's, let's pretend we're small waves, you know, vibration, everything is waves. Everything's waves. The, The collective has a bigger wave. So if you go, Nah, I could walk through that wall. And the collective has, no, it's physical. Guess whose wave is going to win? The bigger wave or the small one? Yeah, That does not mean, and I'm going off, off of a tangent here really quick. That doesn't mean that we cannot amplify our wave to become as big as that belief and then walk through a wall. So I'm not saying there's no such thing as walking through a wall, but I'm just saying, you know, there's rules here and those rules, it's like, where are they coming from? They're coming from the bigger wave. They're coming from the collective. And so the collective tends to 
have more impact on our individual waves than we have on the collective's big wave. But now what we what we're seeing is a huge shift if you will where we're building momentum we're turning a tide to where the individual is now awakening to the fact that I do inform the whole field not just my field and enough of that's amplifying to where the big wave has to now it has no choice to accommodate now a new timeline and a new reality because literally there's enough of us that have willed that aka informed that does that mm. make sense Oh my God, it makes so much sense. And it gives me such freaking hope, you know, like I can feel that. I can feel that, you know, like one of the weird things that has happened in my life um, over, you know, and I've seen it, it's often been in my life and I do wonder if it's a timeline thing where I feel like I live two completely different realities. But recently it's like people that I used to think were just like, oh yeah, I'm just, I'm like them, they're like me, like, whoa, like it's so different. So totally makes sense to me because I can feel it. I can feel that, you know, like my my husband, Justin, tends to be a little bit more pessimistic and I tend to be a little bit more optimistic. So we perfectly balance each other out, I reckon. Um, and he's like, oh, you know, like nothing's going to change. And I'm like, no, no, I can feel it. I can feel this change coming. I can, and he's like, oh, well, you know, I, I know that everyone says that this is going to be a big impact and we have this time and the change is coming, but how is it possible? And I'm like, I can feel it. Um, and I think that this is like what you're saying is I definitely think that I can feel people impacting the big wave, that people are consciously becoming aware that they can impact the big wave. And I feel like this actually comes full full loop back to, when we were talking about intuition, you know, there's always been this part of me as a kid that's like, I actually believe that one day I'll be able to go, I want an apple, poof, an apple. And it, it, it occurred to me, like only over the last few years, I'm like, oh, my God, all those things that I thought as a kid, as I grew up, that was just my imagination, that wasn't true, that wasn't real, like everything that my schooling or um, not necessarily my parents, but my schooling, society, everything wanted me not to believe in. One of the big things, and as I said, my favourite character is Alice in Wonderland, is like, wow, I need to get back to that place. And I think from what you're saying or what feels really true to me is like the more of us that believe in the magic of the apple or the more of us that believe that our voice is going to be heard, the more of us that believe we don't need a government to tell us how to, you know, live or whatever, all of a sudden I can see that those what I would call a quantum leap, like these quantum leaps are starting to happen where um, the the individual is having a much bigger impact. So is that like am I just making that shit up or is that how we are starting to impact the, the collective wave? Uh, you're not making that up at all. That's exactly. So like the fifth dimension, you brought up a good point. Um, you brought up a few actually. So it doesn't have like you, you materialize things. So if you want an apple, you literally materialize an apple. (laughs) That's how, that's how there's no repression in your field. So without anything to say, no, there's no apple without any, whatever you just, you innately material, you manifest an apple. So there's not, you know, the, and 
that like off the grid stuff, which is totally cool. I'm down with what's going on. Um, like that's not the fifth dimension that's fifth dimensional consciousness that will lead towards the fifth dimension. You know, mm-hmm. that's our night. That's, you know, the, that's how children grow up. We, we grow up through a process. And so that, that type of ability to become self-aware of, or have hold a worldview that goes, Oh, I am taking responsibility for me and my environment or me and my community and not just the the default setting, so to speak, to where it's like, this is someone else's job, it's outsourced. And then, you know, um, we expect to not have that reflection as (laughs) parasitic thought forms. (laughs) So yeah, we're, we're, we're informing the field through our choices of essentially saying, because it could be looked at as magic on one end, but if we want to explain the math behind the magic, it's literally just going like, you only rise your vibration to a certain degree of being the one that, you know, gets to materialize the apple or the one that is anchoring the fifth dimensional consciousness by becoming the version that is the most responsible or what I call sovereign. You only, it's not like I'll give you a really just, you know, bad example. It's like if somebody who only was a crook their whole life, they can't like, and you know, see my empath goes like, no, but they can change. So let's just, let's just not activate that right now. Let's just say that they're bad vibes, they're low vibes, that just for the sake of my explanation, and they're a crook, they can't quote unquote, get in to the fifth dimension because the consciousness literally doesn't have enough response, like self-consciousness sovereignty. So sometimes people approach me, let's say in session or not in session and be like, how, how do I get to the fifth dimension or something like that? And I'm like, how you approach it already is like and I, I say this with love because I don't mean it in a mean way. I'm just trying to reflect what's what I'm receiving. And that is, it's almost like, how, how does how does Santa Claus give me something? And it's like that mentality in and of itself is not the correct approach. We approach something like by becoming sovereign enough to where, oh, that reality, that reality just manifests because it has to, it's a reflection of my sovereignty. So that's why, you know, like I use the example of government a lot. If government is a reflection of the, the parasitic thought forms that we have not reconciled. And if that's a reflection of the coercion that we have become complicit to and all and all of that, then the way that we manifest a reality, and it could be called magic and manifestation, is by literally being sovereign enough to go, oh, I I have to know discernment because I've been outsourcing my discernment. I've been being told what to think rather than running it through my own logical filters. I, I need to understand the medicine of food the quality of food, how it's this and that, you know? So if we outsource our whole life, then 
that is not sovereign. So I'm not saying, nope, we're hyper independent. We have to do anything, everything. But what I'm getting at more so is the fifth dimensional consciousness is actually understanding that it's not just like, yeah, we get whatever we dream of more. So it's, we become the vibrational match to then have that reality reflected of what's not repressed within us because of the the action steps we've taken to grow up kind of like from a child to an adult. Does any of that make sense? Oh my God, it makes so much sense. And I freaking love it because it comes right back to the thing that I think is like at the core of my teaching is responsibility, responsibility. Um, and I love, I love the way you put it as well, because I think there's so many people out there in the spiritual world. And it's just like, oh, look, I, I, I've chased, um, you know, psychic, Claire cognizance, Claire sentience. Like I've chased that shit. I'm like, I'm a fucking Piscean. My dad was psychic. His dad was psychic. Like this shit should be in me. Um, but that's coming from a place of me not taking responsibility. And I think one of the things that that I'm hearing that I just freaking love is because in the spiritual world, like you say, um, and it's not just the spiritual world, it's everywhere. People want the shortcut. They just want to learn about the place or the thing or the whatever and just do it and just be there. And what I'm hearing you say, and I think this is, if I'm really honest, like part of me is like, I don't get the dimensions. I don't understand it. But what I'm also hearing is that's the point because I'm not focused on the freaking dimensions. I'm focused on how can I become a better human today or um, ouch, that hurts. So something in me needs healing or attention or, um, you know, I'm listening to something external of me and my body goes, ah, that's a fuck no, Uh, nothing from me, thanks. Um, so actually having the courage to respect my own internal guidance system, the universe, where the universe is sending me in human design terms, my strategy and authority. So that it makes perfect sense of what you're saying is it's like, we're not all aspiring to go to some fluffy place in the clouds. We're aspiring to be the highest expression of ourselves and the highest expression of ourselves doesn't sit around with a cigarette in one hand, a beer in the other and expecting the government to work their shit out. This version of us is like, you know what? There's a challenge ahead, so I'm going to lean in. Um, oh, I notice that I'm actually going the opposite direction to most people. Oh, well, I'm going to keep going. So it makes perfect sense what you're saying. And I think it's really beautiful because what I'm hearing is like there's no way around it. And this is something that I say to my to my clients all the time and to myself because you know, if there was a way that you could inv- avoid healing and pain and emotions, I would have found it. And you can't. Um, and I think that that's what that's what I think is really powerful about what you're saying is that, you know, we all have the opportunity to head in that direction, but it starts with that choice of, as you call sovereignty and I call responsibility. Like, who are you prepared to become to receive or to be who you came here to be? Absolutely. Yeah. And then that's also, you know, going like, okay, you know, who who, I see your gifts, you see my gifts, we see, we see each other's gifts so that there's not this, like, I have to do everything I have, whatever, but that there's cooperation and consciousness of recognition of each other's talents and abilities. And so being really in harmony. And so I consider harmony also resilience. Yeah. Yeah, and I think so strong. Like I can't even. I could go off on harmony alone because harmony isn't just like yay we get along. Harm actually in in kinesiology, in energy healing, in a lot of different modalities, 
you're intentionally trying to harmonize the client's energy field with something. And it's not because, oh yeah, because the, you know, harmony is good. It's because literally when you create harmony, you create resilience. The whole system becomes more flexible and stronger and allostasis as I would say. So yeah, it's, it's actually about, that's what true harmony is. It's having, there can't be harmony. It there's, can only be discord or dissonance with um, unconsciousness. And so consciousness creates naturally harmony as well as other things. And so, yeah, there is this like mystical aspect of it where it's like, so these are the fruits. And so I guess a lot of the time, even I could be focused more on like, look, these are the fruits, but like the math of the fruits is you grow through what you go through, or you have, have to have a breakthrough. You have to have a breakdown, have a breakthrough. So we're literally in the fire that is you know, forging us. We're in the, we're being sculpted, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. My goodness. And I, I reckon I've been burnt a few times, just quietly, just saying, but a good old line three over here. I'll always be okay. I'll always be resilient. Um, I love that. It's really cool what you say about harmony as well. Um, in my design, one of my biggest um, themes is peace and harmony, peace, harmony, and equality. Uh, and just listening to you speak, I think that's one of the other things that I think so powerful. I have this vision that um, in human design, we actually talk about the new paradigm that we're moving towards. We're in the transitional stage at the moment. 2027 is when it kicks off. We're going from a time that was really, which is in alignment with so many other things. I got 2025. So I like that we're on this. We're on, we're literally in the same, we're on the same timeline. I love this. Oh my God. So we're coming from this tribal time where we fall into line, we forego ourselves for the sake of the tribe structure. Like we've had great wins, like we've grown um, as, as a race, but we're now in it, it's all falling down. And um, one of the big things about what we're moving into is we're moving into a time that says that we are going to be more individualistic. And through this frame of individualist, individualistic, it's not that we won't think of others, it's that we will fill our cups up first and we will all work together. And I have this vision that, because it also talks to the disruption of this hierarchy, like a pointy, um, you know, 1% hierarchy at the top to a more flattened out hierarchy. And one of the things, you know, just hearing you speak, you know, gives me such faith and, and is really aligned because I believe very much in millions of millionaires. You know, I have this, this thing that, you know, if we can all support each other to support ourselves and some, then no one's going to be left out because there's plenty for everybody. Um, and we want to help and serve and support each other. And that's another part of what the structures are falling, you know, coming down at the moment is this competitive, well, um, you know, we all do the same thing or we're very close, we have to compete, or if it's the genders or if it's, in, you know, the women competing against women, like all of that is falling apart. And I think that word harmony, like, really speaks to my heart because in, in my world, in my vision, we there's millions if not billions of millionaires and we all can completely take care of ourselves because we're taking care of each other. Um, so, yeah, it makes so, so much sense. I love that. So good. I got chills when you said that about millions of millionaires, like, man, I love your heart. <laughs> like, yeah, Thank I've never, you. I've never even heard of that phrase before. And I'm so like, yeah, that's, 
the the fact that you've created that as a meme and i don't mean like a meme like you know a a meme mm. a, a template that is being put into the ether yeah. heck yes yeah thank you and look this is a massive part of the work that i do like one of the things with the business uh with my business and with my podcast is i'm like I share, I share the community that I've built with people that do what I do because I fundamentally believe, again, in the new paradigm, it talks a lot to real abundance. Um, and real abundance means that I can give and I can invite people in and people, you know, one of um, the one of my dear friends, the, the one I was just talking, the projector, the, the Buddhist, she actually does a podcast with me here every month on the transits. Um, and, you know, people, some people are like, but you built this community. They're your listeners. And she's like building a business off the back of it. I'm like, yeah, isn't that great? That's so good. (laughs) You know? And I think this is the thing, like for me, we have to believe in these things. Like it feels true for me that if I support the people I love, even if I am the one that's done a lot of work and I can always put it down to, I'm a manifesting generator. Like I love to work. I'm, I'm happy. She's a projector. She doesn't have the same energy as me. Sweet. We support each other. She grows my business. I grow her business. We're friends. It's all good. But this is, I think what we're talking about is like, as we evolve to these higher dimensions, it doesn't matter what label we put on it. It's like the harmony, peace. Like what is real harmony? What is real peace? And that that really is equality it's making sure that we're all taken care of um no matter what labels we put on things but yeah and that's higher dimensional thinking because that's unity consciousness you're recognizing you're recognizing that the other is you and so you want to give because you know that even if you're even if you're not giving going like oh well they can do this for me you like even if they can do something for you, that's just called symbiotic. So there's nothing wrong with that. Understanding symbiosis and, you know, synergy is so important. And that's the unity consciousness, or that's symptoms, if you will, of unity consciousness. I love that. Producing the fifth dimensional symptoms. Yeah, I freaking love that. And, you know, from a human design point of view, for all of you listening out there, like, the one lesson I've learned, or not one, I've learned many, but this lesson of trusting this feeling inside of me. I mean, to the point where there were many times where, you know, my husband, Justin, be like, Emma, you give too much away. Like, and I'm like, I have to, I'm doing this experiment and this is what is being called. Like, this is what I'm being asked to do. And it's not to say that my ego doesn't go, oh, fuck, you know, like, shit, did I just shoot myself in the foot? But that's the piece, you know, that's why I get drawn to people like yourself. Um, You know, I see the world through the frame of power. So I see the people who have the power, who've lost the power, who gained the power, who are telling the truth, who's not telling the truth. And I think that this is really part of what we're all being called here to do is is not to um, do all those, the judging, comparing, competing, but actually trusting those subtle energies, those subtle feelings, that internal guidance, that external guidance, um, and sometimes it's hard, but it's the thing that is bringing us all closer to this fifth dimension where harmony can really play out. Absolutely. And that even comes to a person's, you know, like, like thinking, for instance, I used to be way triggered earlier in my awakening by other people who did not agree with me or who I did not agree with. And now I'm like, I don't even care. Like literally when I'm talking, there's no venom behind it. I'm just literally like, I'm speaking my guidance. It's not, you know, like to 
negate anyone else's. It's because I'm shooting my shot. (laughs) I'm doing me. It's not to be like, no, no, no. What are you doing over there? You can't believe that, you know? And so it's really just, it's like, I don't care. Like, and, and that's another, that flexibility and the ability to hold a perspective, you know, your perspective. And then also, um, at least I'm relating it to spiral dynamics. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. To be able to hold multiple perspectives. So even though it's not, it's, and also withholding multiple perspectives, you might find not all the time, but sometimes that actually somebody is in agreement with you, but that their perception of it is not, you know, articulated in the same way, or they're looking at the same thing as you, but they're looking at it from a different position. So they're describing what they're seeing from that different position, but you, you're in the same reality still. Yeah. I love that. And I think this is something that uh, like the word when you were speaking was curiosity. You know, it's that shift from having to be right or having to think that you know something to curiosity. Because so often I reckon when we hold curiosity, that person that's actually in agreement with us that we hadn't noticed, all of a sudden we start to notice. And again, I think that's how we really support and evolve each other, help each other grow and evolve. I love that. Um, I had a question come in and now it's gone again. Bugger, what was it? Oh, so I do have a very line-free, experiential, in-my-body, experimental learner question for you. Because I've worked with a number of um, energy healers that, like you do, we had a chat. Um, I, you know, knew what I wanted to work on. You got some clear, um, uh, some clear intentions or whatever from me, and then you just go away and you do the work, you know. And I've worked for so many years with other people that I'm in the room. So I'm going to ask you the same question I asked my Buddhist friend. What do you experience when you're working on someone else's energy remotely? Like, what did you experience when you, and I mean, you can share what you experienced with my energy. Like, what do you experience? Do you, what does it feel like? Does it feel like me? Do you see pictures? Do you hear things? Do you see things? Like, how does that work? So the quantum is, holds everything. And because it holds everything, that's why I need a strong intent. And if, you know, it's not even that I need like a strong intent from you, but that's why I go with the strong intent. So even if the strong intent is the higher, the client wants to be the one that, you know, choose, um, the, the client's higher self says, whatever is in my, you know, whatever's for my highest good or whatever the higher self feels is priority. My role in the quantum is to hold such a strong intent because well, first of all, I think to answer your question, I go into an altered brainwave state to access the quantum field. From there, when I call forward your higher self, your higher self, for instance, I don't remember how it appeared to me, but I remember through the knowing how it felt and how it felt. There's like energetic signatures, I guess you could call it. And so a higher, a person's higher self kind of has like this, their own vibe. That's what I'm going to call it. But really a more proper term would be energetic signature. And even, you know, this could just be my like open crown, is it? Or open? Sh- uh, yeah. Open so, head, yep. Yeah. This could be my open head, but I, d- I tell my clients when they ask, when they go like, what did my higher self look like? Or what, or what were they like? Or whatever. I always say, this is how they presented themselves to me. Because I don't ever want to be like, oh, 
they were green. Yep. And that's it. They're always green. Your higher self just flies around being green all the time. So I always go, this is how they presented themselves to me in this moment. So that meant that this is what they wanted me to know about them. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And so for you, you had a very, like the word that comes to mind is vitality. There was a lot of vitality. Like it wasn't like stoic or like, it wasn't like mysticism. It was this like intuitive. So it had that branch going really strong. So it had the wisdom going, but it was coupled with a lot of like power. That's so secure that it didn't need it to be like shown as like, I'm power. It was shown as more like your power was so integrated. It showed itself as vitality. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, for me, it's my, I reckon it's my, the, when you're speaking, it's like, Oh, there's that childlike enthusiasm. Like that that's what it is for me I reckon it's just really tell me more what else yeah 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 okay I like that totally I love that so then you just literally like we would in a meditation or a guided meditation or whatever you just have that conversation and then you do the healing you're guided to do whatever you need to do and that's it yeah. So the conversation goes, <laughs> I, I can't believe it. I, if you were to tell me like 30 years ago, like, let, let's see what Sarah's doing 30 years from now. Well, yeah. So the conversation goes on in my head. <laughs> I'm talking to the higher self um, in my head. I don't like actually say it, but I, I am, I am telepathing that this is the intention of the session. And then from there, because the quantum holds everything it's only produced as pure potential until there is the question or the intent. And then from there, that's when your higher self materializes the quantum into particles. Particles yeah. is this kind of like something from nothing. Yeah. So in a quantum field where it can hold literally everything, it's like, what do you want me to produce? And that's what intent does. Intent is the thing that says, this is what to, how to, particle. This is how to materialize. And so the intention of the session is what I'm seeing only unless a client asks a question, because then I could go ask the higher self that question. And then that can part can materialize, but it's, um, everything is surrounding specifically the intention of that session. So if something's being cleared, if something is being shown to me about a past life, if all of that is what your higher self perceives as related specifically to that intention. Oh my God. I love it. I so love it. It's so good. I, um, yeah, it fascinates me. It just absolutely fascinates me. And from our session, there was, it was really funny because I think I'd um, signed up and done everything and set my intention. And then on the day, it was something completely different. Um, And in between signing up and on the day, I decided something else different. Like this is, living in the world of a, an MG, emotional authority, like very inconsistent human over here. Um, and all these intentions that I had wanted to focus on before it had become, let's be honest, about my mother, um, the, they all, you you actually, had, all of them, you covered off and I'd never mentioned them to you. So I thought like, wow, I just, even though I believe so strongly in energetic work, I do love and my mind does love it when, you know, we never had the conversation about the in the middle intentions, but all of them came out as well. So I thought that was really cool. 
Oh, my goodness, Sarah, I could talk to you forever and ever and ever. I appreciate that we've been all over the place um, because I kept following the white rabbit down different holes, but it's been so beautiful talking to you. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Now, I want people to find your your YouTube and your Instagram and if they want to work with you. So where can they find you? Absolutely. So my passion project is YouTube. That's where you can find me on. That's my baby. I'm giving all my love and attention to. So um, I don't have a customized URL yet. So you could just type in the alchemist and I've checked. I come up right away. So yeah. Yes, you do. Yeah. And so, and then for Instagram, my handle is the dot alchemist. You can find me on there. And for my energy healing website, that is alchemicalenergyhealing.com. If you'd like to check out any of my articles or just keep up with me on my newsletter or any of that, you can find me at my website, thealchemist.community. I love it. Thank you so much. We're going to put all of that in the show notes as well for everyone. Um, Sarah, thank you so much. Oh, my goodness. You're just a wealth of knowledge and such a beautiful human to talk to. So thank you. Oh, received and reflected. Thank you so much. And I'm just like vibing high. There were a few times that you really just, you gave me chills because of how much you're speaking from your heart. I can feel it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And my ego says, thank you. Just for the proof. (laughs) Thank you. Um, All right. All right. Well, thanks everyone for joining today. I'm so grateful to have you all here. And um, yeah, I'll see you, hear you. No, just have you here on the next podcast. Bye for now. Thanks everyone for being here all the way to the end of the podcast. I hope you got lots of value out of it. I certainly had a lot of fun doing it. Could I please ask that you share this podcast with friends if you found it valuable? And also, bonus points, could you leave a review for me as well on Apple? It would be greatly appreciated. If at any point you would like to be on the podcast or you've got questions that you'd like me to discuss on the podcast, by all means, get on my socials and DM me. Everything you need is there in the show notes. Have an awesome day. Bye for now.